Welcome into the Gators Online Podcast, our second episode live from Spurs Gridiron Grill. Hope everybody is enjoying their week, uh, tuned into Pro Day and all the yeah. coverage there, and are getting ready for Florida's first scrimmage of spring ball. So that's uh, certainly something that we're looking forward to. We'll talk about on today's pod, and we will have our first guest as well. Florida Gators defensive tackle Antonio Valentino will join us live in studio to discuss his Pro Day workout to discuss his time as a Florida Gator and a bunch of other topics. So we got a fun show lined up for you guys and uh, happy to be here with Nicholas. Episode, once again. Yeah. Episode two, um, Zach and I are trying to figure out how to fly a drone uh, over the, over Ben Hill Griffin stadium. Uh, they might end up having to switch that to the IPF because we got <laughs> some weather rolling through on Thursday. Um, but yeah, we're excited for the first scrimmage. Yeah, no. And, and obviously there's been a lot of, you know, storylines with this team that we've been following. And unfortunately, some injury for injuries uh-huh. for the Gators at the tight end position. You know, you reported uh, over the weekend, Nick, that uh, Nick Elksness and Jonathan Odom both going to be out for spring ball. Uh, and Odom recently posted on Twitter that he had successful surgery, yep. so that was good to see. But that leaves the Gators really thin at the tight end position. Um, How thin? Yeah, I mean, moving offensive linemen and defensive linemen yeah. over over to the position to help. It's uh, it, it's 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 not a good situation, and mm-hmm. and that's why you've seen and Corey Bender's been on top of all this at mm-hmm. Gators Online. Um, you know all the tight ends that they've been offering, tried to make up for that. Certainly think that they could address that in the portal as well. But really, it's just Keon Zipper, and then after that, the other guys that they've moved. They've moved Dante Xanders uh, back to the tight end position. Mm-hmm. They've moved Griffin McDowell from defensive line, a former offensive lineman, now at the tight end position. Um, so they're just trying to do what they can to have enough bodies to go through spring practice. Um, they were already maybe, you know, struggling or, or not, certainly not a strength at the wide receiver spot. And they had some injuries there. So, um, not a lot of options in the passing game, Nick, and that might be reflected in the scrimmage on Thursday night. Yeah. I, I, I it'll be interesting to see, uh, or to hear about, you know, what they do, cause they're not going to make the quarterbacks live. Nope. Um, you're not going to let the, the quarterbacks get hit. Um, you know, by by this defense. So and Trent Whittemore's non-contact as well. Yeah, still. there's a lot of guys that are non-contact. Um, you know, Jaden Hill, a guy who I think is probably in line to start across uh across from Jason Marshall. Yeah, he's in non-contact. So if you're going full tackling in a scrimmage and someone a ball gets thrown his way, well, you're blowing a play dead and you're not, you know, playing that out. So there's a bunch of guys in non-contact, and um, you gotta be smart with it. Uh, yeah. you know, you you've got thin numbers at tight end. And that's, uh, I think at UL, um, it was a huge tight end usage. Now it's not going to be a uh, tight end usage. Like Kyle Pitts. These guys aren't catching 40 no. passes, but they're a huge part of the running game. Yeah. Um, so how much does that affect your running game going sure. into the, the first time? I mean, Griffin McDowell has played exactly two practices or one practice before a scrimmage at tight end has never been in the room has never, He's been playing defense for the last yeah, two although years. I will say you mentioned the blocking. <clears throat> he should be able to do that as yeah. a former offensive lineman. And maybe that's all they need from him uh, at, at this point. Well, uh, he blocked well enough at offensive line to play defensive line. So maybe he's not ready for that. No. And and obviously, Keon Zipper, this is a huge spring yeah. for him. Um, you know, coming off of the past two years where he was playing behind Kyle Pitts playing behind uh, Kamori Gamble is now has that opportunity to, to try to be tight end one and figure that Nick Elsinks might give him some competition. And now it's, it's really all Keon's position at this point. So that's something certainly to monitor in 
the scrimmage on Thursday. Nick, what are some other things that you want to find out how things play out or kind of how some positions perform? Yeah, I've been super interested in in running back. Um, I thought Montrell Johnson would kind of take the lead um, just f- because of his familiarity. Yeah. Um, but I but I've really seen Lorenzo Lingard get a lot of get a lot of first yeah. team run. Uh, and, and then obviously Demarcus Bowman is is going to be a huge asset uh, for the Gators. No and doubt. if you look at that offense, like hey, there's going to be there's plenty of carries to go around. Um, so they're not. I don't think their guys are going to be worried. But I just want to see how that kind of shakes out. Um, and, and then uh, on defense, who are those guys inside? And and you know, is Jalen Lee going to step up? Is yeah. Humphreys going to step up? Who's next to Ger, uh to Jervon Dexter? And then. Who's on the opposite side of Bretton Cox? Bretton Cox came out and told us Alex Brown in my crosshairs. He, <laughs> I mean, he's he's setting a goal of a he's sack not a half away from it either. A man. sack a half is twenty four, which would tie you with Terrell Suggs at Arizona State for the most sacks ever in a college season. I guess he thinks that Mike Peterson is about to just take his game to the next Mike, level. Mike P's just sitting there polishing him like a like a nice like a nice teacup, uh, getting him ready. So who 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 on that defensive line, and then. Ventro Miller, you're not practicing on Thursday or you're, you're scrimmaging on a Thursday, which means he can't go. Nope, who are the guys? Point. Who are the guys behind him? Uh, Dewan Black, how's he handling his third position in three years? If you go back to JUCO, well, and I'll tell you too, Nick. I mean, that was one of the things that I had my eyes on going into the spring is who is going to be that second inside linebacker next to Ventro Miller. Yeah, and you saw the guys that they had listed at the inside linebacker position once they put out the 2022 roster. And, you know, I think some were hoping for some of these top recruits to kind of finally emerge at that spot, which could still happen. Mm -hmm. But right now, still the guy that's most likely to start next to Ventrell Miller is the other senior at that position. And that's Amari Bernie. And I know, um, fans might not want to hear that because they want to, you know, they want to see the young guy or they want to see the new guy. Um, but I, I think when you consider the fact that they are in a new defense, they're learning a new scheme, and there's a lot to be said for being able to pick that up when you have experience, when you've got a lot of football IQ. And with Ventrell Miller out, I mean, he's having to be the guy right there that is making those calls. And that is, um, as Mike Peterson talked about this week when he was a starting middle linebacker, having to basically – lead the defensive meetings and, and and kind of bring not just his group along, but that entire unit. So um, that's something that we have to watch for. And it, this is a big, as you said, an opportunity with Ventrell Miller not practicing for Dewan Black, Scooby Williams, some of these guys to show what they can do. And also, too, how does things shake out with that other, uh, and I say other, I mean, they're both up for grabs. We're just kind of assuming uh, that Jason Marshall is going to lock down one of those cornerback uh, spots, which I think he will. But who else kind of starts starts opposite him? There's going to be a ton of guys that get reps on Thursday at that. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how many plays did they run because everything with Billy Napier is so structured. And, yeah. and the last staff, you know, they'd say uh, we're going to try to run a hundred plays, but it's also not like a scrimmage, like in the, in the sense that you put the ball down, you start a clock. There's a lot of hey, we're going to stop and we're going to do red zone now. Or that drive didn't work, but now we're going to do a goal line. And, and there's lots of situations that you want to work on. You have to remember they've only had seven practices. Yeah. The entire offense and defense hasn't been installed. So the, this first scrimmage will be a lot of situational things. Hey, we're working on third down. We're working on red zone. We're working on certain downs and distances for what we've installed. Yes. And it's not, you know, you don't put – 
four 15 minute quarters up and, and just drop a ball and tell the kids, Hey, go have fun. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there. lot of, there's a lot of structure and a lot of situations that are manufactured. Um, and they got to figure out what these guys can do. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it, right now, you know, two weeks in two and a half weeks in, you're kind of just figuring out what we have. Cause yeah. before this, before the first spring practice, Billy Napier had never seen Antonio, uh, Antonio, Anthony Richardson throw live, Yeah, you know, because of the injury and the timing of everything. He hadn't seen what we presume to be his starting quarterback throw a football in person. So, you know, we're only seven practices in uh, and they'll, they'll scrimmage three times. Obviously that third scrimmage is the orange and blue game. Um, But this is just the first one and they're not, you know, no team in spring, especially with a new coaching staff is ready to just put the ball down and run a 60 minute game. So it'll be interesting to talk to Billy Napier after and and then talk to, We've got to, we, Zach and I will be on the phones all night, hitting up sources, players, moms, caterers, whoever, whoever saw something. So drones, uh, drones. Yeah. Make sure to check out Gators online because we'll have updates on everything that we can get you information wise from the scrimmage. But, um, I'm interested to see what, what was the goal of this? Because it's not, you know, you don't go out there and just, Hey, this is your reward for seven tough practices. There's a goal in mind for a scrimmage. What were you looking to get out of it? And what did you get out of it? Maybe what did you not see? Um, what, what what did you guys miss on? Yeah, and, and obviously they're going to learn a lot as well. And Nick mentioned it, but we will have some intel from that scrimmage. So go to GatorsOnline.com to check it out. If you are not subscribed to the site, we are running a spring ball special right now. You can get four months of premium access for only $10. You can also do a week trial as well. You will not de- be disappointed from our team coverage of all the sports going on. Corey's recruiting coverage. We've got corporate Don and and, uh, Pat helping us as well. Uh, So we're working around the clock. We're going to jump to this first break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to be joined by Antonio Valentino live in studio from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Hi, Steve Spurrier here. You know, making a reservation at my restaurant is easier than a Saturday afternoon homecoming game against Vandy. You don't have to call or email. Just go to Spurrier's.com, hit the reservation button, pick a date, number of guests, and a time. It's so simple, I can do it. In fact, I just did. Maybe I'll see you tonight. Looking for more reasons to celebrate? We have them here at Celebration Point. Enjoy some of the newest additions to our already celebratory lineup, like Dave & Buster's, Le Macaron, and Prime & Pearl. There's always a reason to celebrate. Join us anytime for any occasion. Celebration Point, where Gators come to celebrate. Welcome back into the Gators Online podcast. We are now joined by our first and special guest, Antonio Valentino, Florida Gators defensive tackle and 2022 NFL draft prospect. Antonio, appreciate you joining us, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's always nice to have an opportunity to talk a little bit. Yeah, no, man. This is a special week, obviously, here in Gainesville uh, with Pro Day happening. We'll Definitely hit on that today as well as a number of topics, but let's start there. Um, Antonio, once the season was finished, kind of what was your process after that, kind of getting ready for this draft process and getting ready for pro day? Um, just my thing was just officially like signing with my agent. I'm getting all that out the way. Um, I went home for about a week or so. Then I came down to Orlando, played in the Hula Bowl, um, which was a great experience. Yeah. And then Do you feel like you were robbed at all? Because they used to do that in Hawaii, right? Yeah, it was the first year they did it in Orlando, but um, you know, COVID and all that stuff. Yeah. Um going to Hawaii would have been tight though. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I did that. And then from there, uh, I believe I went straight to training. Then I was just there and then I was just here. And now I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> so where did you train at? Who'd you train with? What was that? Um, like? I was at X3 in Fort Myers. Okay. What's what's that process like? I mean, you've been a football player your whole life, but there's been school attached to that now. And now it's kind of just yeah. like, hey, this is like it's already like your job. You just wake up, get your body right, train, eat, and, and that's it. Yeah, having to um like deal with the extreme amount of free time that you have is like super weird <laughs> for me because I'm not used to it. I'm always used to things being super like regimented. Yeah. And now it's like, all right, well, my workouts are done by like 12. Now what? I got to pick up a hobby. Yeah, like I don't have anything to do. So, yeah, it's just still weird trying to adjust to it because I feel like I'm doing something wrong Mm. or I'm late for something or I'm missing something or just something like that. It's just how my brain is just conditioned at this point. Yeah. Well, run run us through what, what would be a typical day in season? For for a college athlete, uh, it depends. It depends on how old you are. Um, but for me, while I was here, I would wake up. Um, depending on if I had a lift or not, I was always in the the first lift group. Um, did Early all that? Morning. Yeah, I think it was like seven. Uh, did that. Um, try to not uh, get a ticket or get towed or get a <laughs> boot put on your car because <laughs> Taps is out here. Um, go lift. Then I would go back home. Um, I had free time, but like I didn't like my free time was still scheduled out. Like sure. I would go home. Then it's like if I had classwork, I'd do my classwork. Um, take a nap, eat, then go to pre- like go to go to the stadium, get in the tub, stretch out, all that stuff. Practice after practice, go home. Like play video games for a little bit and then go to sleep. And that was pretty much it for What's me. Your video but, games? Uh, I really, I mean, what do I play? I'm really just playing Warzone, to be honest. That's okay. really it. My, my son, he's he's all into, uh, you know, playing Fortnite? Fortnite. Oh, my gosh, man. That's that used game. to be me. That's their jam. I used to do that. Um, a whole lot. Well, obviously, you know, you had somewhat like a, you said it was like a game, your pro day workout. Um, yeah. You talked about it that day, man, but just get, waking up that morning, knowing what that day meant for you, kind of everything you've been doing to prepare for it. Uh, what were your emotions like? What was it like getting to the IPF and just knowing you're about to work out in front of all these NFL teams? Yeah, uh, it was – I try not to let the the moment get too big, but, like, I, I enjoy big moments because it's like, well, let's see what you can do. Like, when the lights yeah. are the brightest, when the pressure's on, let's see what happens. Um I tried not to let it get to me too much. Just I just how I thought about it was was just like this is the day that up until this point we've been training for our entire lives. Yeah. So it's like, bro, just go out here and just do it. Like, let's not make it too complicated. Let's just go out here and run in a straight line, run five yards this way, then ten, then five that way, then run in the L, and then jump high, jump out, bench press, and then go do some bag drills, like. It. I just tried to simplify it as much as I could for myself. Sure. And, and you mentioned to us after pro day that you kind of had to tell yourself, like, they're here to see me. Like, they they yeah. came here to see me. They came here to see my teammates to kind of just like take that little air of mystique out about it. And so yeah. like, I'm doing stuff that I've done my whole life and that I've been training the last month for. And these people aren't here by mistake. They're here. 
because of the work me and my teammates are putting in. Yeah, the NFL is not going to waste time if they don't <laughs> if they don't think somebody is somebody in here is worth some money. Then they're not going to mm-hmm. they're not going to send anybody. So, um, yeah, it was just understand like they're here to see you. Yeah, <laughs> like they want to see what you can do. So uh, go out there and just do your best, bro. And mm-hmm. then just don't worry about it anymore because like literally it's not in my control anymore. I've done everything that is on my end of the table to do. So there's nothing else. There's nothing else to do. I just got to sit and wait. Mm-hmm. Now, that workout, what was it like kind of going through that? Um, who were some of the coaches that you got to work with? And, and what was it like just going through it? Now, you said it felt like a game. Um, and, and how did you feel like you did? You know, what did you feel like um, you showed them? I think – so I got to work with the, – the coaches that worked us out was the coach from the Cardinals and the Jags. Nice. And um, – I think, I think everybody kind of had a. I just wanted to see how I could move. Yeah. Um. So I think I re- I showed out. I went out there and I showed that I can move very well. Um. I felt really fluid and powerful through the bags and explosive on my finishes. So I think that's that's really what I think they wanted to see from me, and that's what I showed them, and that's what I was training to do. So I think I did really good. Um. I mean, I hope they feel the same way. And you know, only time's really gonna tell. So sure. Oh, um, taking you back um to high school, you committed to Illinois after your junior year. I did. Um, probably just wanted to enjoy your senior year. You know, not have coaches calling and, and worrying about it. Um, then there's a coaching change there. I think that year. Yep. So you end up at Penn State with with Coach Chaos and and James <laughs> Franklin. Yep. Um, what was what were your four years in in, in College Station like? Um. At first, at first, it was a major adjustment because coming from like a like a big city like Columbus is a huge city, mm-hmm. yeah. and going to State College is like so small. And we get there in the summertime, and like nobody's there, just y'all. I'm like, how are we packing stadiums out, and nobody's <laughs> here? Like, where are these people coming from? Uh, but then, like the spring came and the seat in the fall came, and then everybody comes, and it's like, oh, this is where everybody is. <laughs> um, had you been to a game or anything like an official? No, I mean I took my official, but that was it. That was the only time wow. I was on campus, honestly. Wow. Um, so I, at my first two years, was like a real, a really hard time for me because I'm like I'm thinking, I, I'm coming in, I'm the, like, I'm the. Best thing smoking out here. Like I'm thinking, whatever, whatever. Then I go in there, and all me and all my teammates are like me and my whole freshman class. Everybody's talking like, "Oh, how many state championships you got? How many?" Blah blah blah. You. I'm like, I don't have anything. <laughs> Y'all got more state championships than I have like wins in my senior year. So I'm like, I'm not here for none of that. I wasn't all American. I wasn't any of that. So that was like. A gut check, and then I think I'm thinking I should be in here playing right away. That's what coach said. I got an opportunity to come in here and compete. I'm like, yeah. He said, come in here and compete, not come in here and play right away. Like you're not about to just walk in here and start over. Guys who've been here three, four, five years, mm-hmm. like you're not like physically, you're not ready yet. Yeah. Um. So that was that was like a a really like hard adjustment for me to make. But me and Coach Spence had like a real conversation one day, and. Everything was everything after that was just everything just fell in line kind of. Then I got into the two deep, and then the next year the job was open. I went in his office. I asked him. I said, "What exact? Tell me exactly what I have to do to start for you. Mm-hmm. Tell me exactly what I'm doing that's getting in my way." 
And he did that, and I did exactly what he said, and then I got to start for two years. That was and that real conversation, John? No, that, like, the the one beforehand was, like, on, like, some life-type stuff. Um, what was, like, what was the, uh, the synopsis me, of that? He was just like, bro, you have a problem with male authority. I was like, no, I don't. He was like, you see what I mean? <laughs> right, <laughs> I, was just, like, I was just, like, super defiant because uh-huh. sure. I was I was just angry. And, like, I didn't want to admit to myself that I was angry. Mm-hmm. I was just emotionally messed up, bro. I was 19. It was weird. It was a weird time. I was away from home. I felt like I had so much to prove to everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's like, in focusing on that too much, I started getting in my own way. So I think we forget a lot of times the person under the helmet and that it's not just a robot going out and playing football. And they've got yeah. family stuff, girlfriend stuff, school stuff, all kinds of other stuff that, that you're dealing with. And then, like you said, at 19, you're just young, emotional. And, and you and get you the expectations on yourself as well. Sure. Yeah, man. I always like, all right, well, I'm going in here. It's three and out. I'm a first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like, no, like. There's only 32 of those people a year that mm-hmm. that happens to. Like, that's not, you have to be above and beyond, head and shoulders above everyone else to be one of those 32 people that's selected in the first round. I thought that, and I played D3 baseball, so um, my head was even farther gone than, than <laughs> yours yeah. was. I don't really know much about, like, college baseball or nothing like that, but, I mean, I don't know, man. It could have happened. I don't know. I don't yeah. think I, <laughs> I, I needed you when I was at 19 because I, I don't think it was happening. Boosting you up. Um, um, what What about your – so you, you said – I think I heard in the interview you said you were kind of lightly recruited in high school. Yeah. But you were the man when when the portal came. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. It was so – it was weird. Um, I got so much attention and I was like – because when you go in there, you don't really know. I'm like, all right, I yeah. hope – I put together a good body of work and people don't want me to play for them because I'm like, if I have to transfer down, I'm going to be devastated. But I'm like, there's no way I'm transferring down. But like my also my biggest thing was I don't want to go into the portal and then have to come back and be like, uh, I changed my mind. Like, that's just not a good look at mm-hmm. all. And it's like and I wouldn't blame coach if he was like, no, yeah. like I couldn't blame him. Um, But yeah, I was getting attention from like. I think every conference except for like the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. but I'm like, that's fine because the like the only Big Twelve school I really wanted to go to was Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and I had a I had a friend of mine who went to Oklahoma, and I was like, yo, you guys need a D tackle. He's like, how much you weigh? I was like three fifteen at the time. He was like, no, nah, don't waste your time. I was like, what you mean? He was like, they the heaviest they want our guys to be is like two ninety. I'm like, see, y'all. You're on, you're on that some, big 12 you're on some, like, yeah. Y'all don't play defense. And yeah. I said that, and then he sent me like a bunch of stats. He's like, yeah, but we don't play defense. I'm like, bro, look at the rest of your conference. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not the same. Yeah. yeah. So, but Different ball. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I was getting like, the. I think the farthest west I got was like UCLA. Like UCLA was talking to me, but I couldn't get into their school because it's a private school. I didn't know that. I mean, the only, only farther west than that is like Hawaii. Yeah. No, nah, they ain't even... I don't even I I didn't know that like where do they play at? Yeah, isn't their state then their stadium like become like not safe to play in? Isn't that yeah, why they moved the program? I don't know where they play. I would love if they wanted to send us yeah. out there, Zach. We can yeah, we can write a story about this. Yeah, story. something. You know, you, you, you can come and, and take the pictures for the story. Something. Yeah, fly us all out to Hawaii. Maybe you gotta make up that trip for the hula bowl that you missed. Yeah, out. yeah. How did Florida kind of uh, enter your radar during that process, and what ultimately you feel like brought you here? Um, I got a call uh, just randomly. It was like my second or third day in the portal. I just, I got a call and it said Gainesville, Florida. I'm like, all right, that's not Miami. 
and that's not Tallahassee. So that has to be that has to be like UF. So I answered the phone. I was like, "What's up, Coach?" It was Coach T, and he was like, "How you know I'm a coach?" I was like, "Cause I don't know nobody in Gainesville." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we were just talking and we hit it off, and everything was cool. And then uh, I talked to my mom. I talked to my parents about it, and it was like, I mean, I wanted to go to the SEC because the only other uh, only other Big Ten school I was going to go to was Ohio State, and that just would have rubbed everybody the wrong way um but it makes sense i mean you from columbus you grew up uh, a buckeye fan I know. like that's that's a, a homecoming yeah. for you yeah. i would have probably been, i would have been especially if i would have went there and had success mm-hmm. i'd have been the most hated State player ever, ever. Would, um, did, where was that game this year did they play in in college station or was it it's in state college this year it's, uh, it's gonna be the whiteout Either Ohio, Ohio State or Michigan is always the whiteout. It mm-hmm. depends on which one is. Or oh, I'm saying, where was it last year? Like, would you? Have oh, had to last go back year it was to... at, no, it was at Colum- it was in Columbus oh, okay. last year. I couldn't sure. imagine what you would have heard if you were if you were wearing <laughs> Buckeyes on your helmet yeah. and, and you had to go back. I mean, <laughs> back into. This is what it is. I mean, people had a lot to say about me when I was there in the first place. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I know I wanted to go to the SEC just because I wanted to show that I could play in the two best conferences, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And have uh, have success and do and do pretty well, and I was like, I mean, like the Florida Gators is like, like that's cool to say. Like being a Florida Gator is like tight. Like it, that is like first of all, it just has like a cool factor. Because mm-hmm. like when I, I was in middle school, and like T Bone and them guys was here and winning and doing all that stuff. So like that was my first like experience like mm-hmm. with Florida um cuz Florida even like during like the Rex Grossman uh, you're probably too young for like yeah. Rex Grossman but even like Spurrier and Rex Grossman it it was a big deal but it might not get up to Columbus people here like that that was their world yeah but then Tim Tebow kind of took it to another level and and those two teams winning well, then two you championships had Ohio State Florida game too for sure yeah yeah in the Fiesta Bowl yeah um yeah, and it, I, I, it just, it just felt right, and it fit, and I like, I talked to a bunch of people that I trust about it, and um, was just like, they were like, if it feels right, then do it, and I was like, okay, I just, I got to start <laughs> doing like a little bit more research and, um, like watching games and talking to the coaches and like talking to Coach Mullen and all that stuff, and I was like, all right, cool, and I think I just made my mind up. I was like, mom, if they tell me they got a spot for me, I'm going. Because I, I didn't want to sit in the portal too long and then have them be like, well, What's we have to decide between you and somebody else or you and this high school kid or you and a guy from another school and blah, blah, blah. I was like, listen, if I can get in here and lock this down, let's lock it down right now. Yeah. So then I talked to Coach Mullen the next day and he was like, yeah, if you want to come here, that's, uh, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. I'll see you in like two weeks. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so I was, then I was down here. You're, What's the difference joining a locker room at 18 as a high school kid oof. versus 21, 22 year old man who's been through it, but you're um, still the new guy in the locker room? Yeah. yeah uh, I just learned not getting hazed. Uh, <laughs> you don't do that. Anybody doing that no more. Um, it, I just learned to not do the same things that I did when I was a freshman, mm-hmm. which is like, don't come in too loud. Don't come in talking a whole lot about this and that, or just act, don't. Just be yourself, but like give people yourself in doses. You got to understand you're new. And I'm not from this region of the country mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. 
So it's like, I have to understand, like, I got to figure out how people act first and, like, how to communicate to certain people, how to, you know what I mean? For sure. So just coming in, like, don't don't come on too strong. Just come in here, still be yourself, but let your work and your habits speak more for you than anything. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point in time, people will want you to speak up once they see, like, you're consistent and all that other type of stuff. So basically, my first couple of months here was just, like, me observing. I don't know if you thought about this when you were going through, but is that something that you thought might benefit you for the next level just because that's something you're going to have to go through going from team to team and new place to new place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was, it, it's not, uh, I mean, obviously at Penn state, I'm there for, you know, five years and I got a chance to like develop relationships with guys over years mm-hmm. and like, look like younger guys. I was able to be like, in the leadership role sure. to them and help them navigate. And I made some of the same mistakes I made, but coming in new, it's just like, all right. Uh, Cause it's like in the NFL, people aren't going to need that. Like guys yeah. who like these 10 year vets, these guys on their second and third contracts, they got it figured out. Yeah. So it's like, what leadership are you going to need for me? <laughs> At a certain point, I need to learn how, like how to fall in line and do what they're doing mm-hmm. because I'm trying to get paid too. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, um, and it's also like the NFL is just so every, the the turnover is just so crazy. Yeah. So it's like I can understand why people would be apprehensive to like make friends or develop <laughs> serious relationships with people. Or like unless you went to college with this guy or like played against him in college, then it's like you know, sure. high school. It's kind of it's kind of you know hard because it's like you could make the team Tuesday, get traded Wednesday, or get cut. Wednesday or just whatever like it's just so crazy yeah. and all over the place and it's competition for roster spots exactly too. so it's like me and you play the same position it's like yeah we're like we're friends but like we're not though it's like, <laughs> right. we both want to be employed and like then you like somebody has kids it's a whole man, it's just it's so many variables no doubt um when you think back on your year and your season at UF obviously ups and downs um, I'm sure you wouldn't trade the experience for anything or have any regrets um, but when you look back on it, like what'd you take away the most from it? What were some of your favorite moments um here in here in Gainesville? Um the first thing I I under I experienced was uh the importance of proper hydration. <laughs> cause th- yo, this sun down here is no <laughs> joke, man. It's a whole different thing. Cause setup. it'll yeah. cause it'll rain for like three days, then the sun will come out, and then all that water comes out of the dirt, and then it's just it's like being underwater. Um, You're trying to breathe underwater. Pretty much. Um, yeah, I, it's just like when people say the SEC is different, it really is different. Like people really go hard for this. Like sometimes some people go overboard, but it's like I understand. Hmm. Um, but the biggest thing I learned is, is like trusting yourself above anything else. Well, like even if. Like the season didn't clearly didn't go the way we wanted it to go, but I found a certain amount of like self satisfaction that like I took an enormous risk in coming down here. I played in the best conference in college football. I had success, and like I did things the right way. Like I came in here, I did what coach asked me to do. I didn't get in trouble with none of that. Like you grew from it. Yeah, like I, it was definitely a growing experience. Like I fostered a whole new side of myself mm. that you know I kind of knew was there but I took a risk and like 
took a leap of faith and it worked out. So that's the biggest thing I learned is just like, trust yourself, dude. Like if you're really feeling, if you're feeling something in your gut, trust your gut. That's awesome. Um, now you kind of go to your next chapter. Um, you know, what's the next you know, a few months for you going to be like, do you have any kind of meetings uh, lined up, workouts lined up that you're going to be um, having? Yeah. The number one thing is just don't get fat. Yeah. <laughs> um, number, uh, I have a workout with the Bucks in like a week. Nice. Um, so that's nice. That's tight. Hopefully me and Tom Brady will be teammates. That would be, <laughs> be ridiculous. Um, that's Kyle's, wild. That's wild. He's, he's 43 Yo, Tom Brady's old? been playing football since I was a kid. <laughs> when did he get drafted? 2000? I yeah. think I think 2000 when he ran yeah, that was, nine second forty. Yeah, I was three years old, and Tom Ooh. Brady's. I'm 24. Tom Brady's been playing football since I was three years old, and we could possibly be teammates if everything goes if everything goes that, that way. Yeah. That's ridiculous. But it's like, what do you say to Tom Brady? Yeah. Like, hi, Tom. Like, hello. what are you talking about? Like, yeah, you've been winning you're, Super Bowl since I was a kid. You're bro. in the locker like, room. You're like, hello, Mr. Brady. That's what yeah. I'm saying. But I've heard I've heard Tom is like really cool though. Uh-huh. Um. That'll be fun though, man. That'll be a good workout. Yeah, that's so I gotta work out with the Bucks. And then um, I don't know, hopefully that goes well. And then if that's the last workout that I have or anything like that, mm-hmm. then I just stay training, stay in shape until the draft, and then hopefully that goes well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then go wherever I gotta go. I yeah. guess. Well, you feel like um Antonio Valentino and aka Groovy is gonna bring to an NFL team and organization and just you know what you've Feel like you can add to a locker room. Um, I think I bring I bring depth not only to the depth chart, but also to an organization. Like I bring myself mm-hmm. and I just hey dude, what's up, man? <laughs> um <laughs> I uh I bring depth and like more like physically, yes, I bring depth. Um as far as football goes, like I'm extremely passionate. Like I've been chasing this dream since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've I've dedicated my entire life to this. Um and like I don't take it lightly. Like I know I do other things outside of football. Um, but I think that's important for me to do mm-hmm. so I don't become one dimensional or become boxed in. Cause like I feel I feel like that's a narrative that I like to challenge mm-hmm. that like athletes can only do one thing. And I don't believe that. So like Trust and believe football is my number one priority right now. Like if it wasn't, then it's like you're wasting everybody's time and everybody <laughs> and whoever like anybody who's invested into this, you're wasting their money. Um, so it's like, yeah, like I football is always on my mind first. But outside of that, I like to do things like this. I like to like I have my own podcast. I haven't been able to record in like a month and a half or two months because things Grinding, have been hectic. Man. It's a little hectic right now. Things have been hectic. For obvious reasons, like I take photos, I make videos, all that type of stuff. Um, but I bring passion to the locker room. I bring, like, I think I can bring a sense of balance. I can bring youth and good energy, new energy, if that's what you need. Um, I bring consistency. That's one thing that I pride myself on and that I've been coached to do is, like, be consistent. Yeah. You know what um, you're going to get from Antonio Valentino on a day-to-day. Yeah, that's 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 one thing that I – because that, that was one thing I learned that Coach Spence had taught me was, like, people need to know what they're going to get from you. You can't – to a certain extent, you can't be unpredictable on the football field. Yeah. Like, you, people have to know, look, this dude's going to come in, do A, B, and C, and then that's it. He's going to leave. And, then, like, he's going to come in here, do his job, not cause no problems, and leave. And I think that's – I think that's me. That's what I do. Like I don't, I don't like to be the center of attention. 
<clears throat> or necessarily need to be the center of attention. Like, bro, I'm going to be playing nose in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's an ugly position. It's dirty. But if we get the third down and then these edge rushers who are getting paid tens of millions of dollars get to run around people and sight the quarterback, that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I have no stats in the game. Did we win the game? Mm-hmm. Like, that's really what I care about. I care more about team objectives than anything. Like, obviously, I want to play well. But I, my, the biggest thing for me is I want to do my part to help the team win. So that and, you know, just outside of football, like I like engaging with people like the fans. Yeah, man. Yeah, I just I like it. I like engaging with people because it's like once again, I think it challenges the narrative of what an athlete is supposed to be. So it's like when you kind of allow people in a little bit, you can. Like you expose them to the fact that like you're a human being. You just do something that people enjoy watching. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, you, and you experienced that with the Girl Scout cookies. Oh my gosh, yo! Oh, I meant to, because um, I'm supposed to be uh, raffling off some cleats. As soon as everything is settled and like I'm back home and everything, and I actually have these cleats in hand, I'm gonna do. I haven't forgotten. I'm gonna do it because we sold like almost like two thousand boxes of, wow. of Girl Scout cookies. It was wow. wild. It was wild. I hope everybody got them, and I hope y'all ate them. And Can I hope you give our listeners a recap of that whole moment yeah. and what that meant to you? So my what was sister, the goal? 55 boxes. So <laughs> my sister, um, she uh, she's five years old, and my mom signed her up for the Girl Scouts. And they're, of course, they're you know, trapping out cookies. And um, she was like, hey, um, here's a link to like the websites so people can put in their orders and stuff and uh i was like cool i'll put it on twitter and i put it out there and then it just and like my mom sent me a video of of her talking and was like hi everybody can you help mm-hmm. me sell my boxes and next thing i know we're like at a thousand boxes in like 48 hours and i'm like what in the world <laughs> like <laughs> so i was like you know what that's like an extreme amount of kindness to show somebody um especially since like i don't play here anymore mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, that's an extreme amount of kindness to show somebody. So I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to raffle off. Not raffle off, but just, but well, yeah, raffle off, I guess. Just put everybody's email and like a random like name generator. And whoever gets it, I'll send you like a signed pair of cleats or that's something awesome. like that. So I'm like, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Showed me kindness. I'll show it right back because it's like, I mean, it's only right. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? It's like you helped. And I, I was trying to figure out a way to make it as fair as possible. For you were kind of so. taken aback, though, just by like. I'm sure, the, she was yeah, too, man. man. Like, wow. yo, like, I understand they're five dollars, but like, times are hard. Mm-hmm. Everybody ain't got like an extra five dollars to just spend on some Girl Scout cookies. And every time you walk into a Publix, you see your it, local Girl yeah, Scout. Yeah, man. There. And it's just like, man, we did all this. Ain't no nobody even left the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that, like that's nuts. Like that shows like the like. Gator Nation, man. Yeah, man. Shout like, out to the fans. yeah, absolutely. Like when people say like they care, like they really care, and that showed me because I'm like, man, y'all don't know my sister at all. But it's like you know that just that just means a lot. That means a lot to me because you know she means a lot. She mm-hmm. means a lot to all of us. So, Antonio, we really appreciate the time today. Before we let you go, um, I just want to get your quick thoughts on this new staff. Obviously, Coach Spence, that he's a part of it that you mentioned, and kind of what you think from. Uh, this group and some of the players that you got to play with last year, you know, what you think maybe they can do in the future. Man, I'll tell you what. Coach Napier came in here, and this operation now is top-notch. There are so many people that I had to meet just from a staff perspective that it's, like, mind-blowing. I'm like, I, how many 
it's just like more people just keep coming out the woodwork every day. Can you fit in that building? Yeah, and it's but it's it's nice and it's cool because like you can see like the guys how they're responding to it because people will say that. Well, I'll say it because I've said I've said it already. Our biggest problem last year as a team was that we weren't disciplined how we needed to be. It just that just wasn't it. And Coach Matt Rule, who's the coach of the Panthers, the head coach of the Panthers, came in <laughs> and he was talking to he was talking talking to the guys and was like, "You guys were 121st in penalties last year. This is what like 125 teams in Division One. Like 129. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're at like the bottom of the bottom as far as penalties goes. He's like that just shows." a lack of attention to detail and not being disciplined. So coach Napier has come in with his staff and like this whole like team of people, like we might have to take two planes. (laughs) Like it's so many people, but it makes sense how like all these roles are essential and they make sense. Mm -hmm. They're doing an amazing job. The nutritionists are doing great. The strength staff is great. Like everything is different, but it's like, it makes sense. And practice is like a well-oiled machine. Everybody's moving. Coach Napier is a leader of men. And I like I truly believe that like this is like this is what this program needed. Like guys are like are responding well. Like as human beings, we respond well to discipline and mm-hmm. routines and patterns. That's just how our brains operate. Yeah. So like the little things, like guys gotta tuck their shirts in at workouts. Everybody has to wear the same thing. Your shirt can't hang out of your uh out of your jersey at practice or in a game. Everything has to be game-like. So it's these training, these little, these super little habits that are going to add up. And I think he's doing a wonderful job. They've been, they were so welcoming to us. Like all the guys coming back for pro day and all that stuff. They were like, yo, awesome. just like, cause you, you never know how it's going to go. Hey coach, can I use the weight room? Well, uh, no, it wasn't none of that. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, because obviously, you know, you can't get in the way of guys that are already in there. Yeah. And there's teams that other teams that use the weight room. But they're like, yeah, here are the times whenever you want to come in. If you need a workout from us, we can write one for you. That's if awesome. you need anything, just let us know, man. This is your house. Whenever you want to come back, just come back. And Coach Napier said the same thing. Like, I've been at practice and it hasn't been anything weird. Like, nothing. And it's just it's great to see everybody's super friendly and welcoming. And that's a really good feeling. How do you like hearing that? There you go, man. There you go, man. Miss it? I do. I ain't gonna lie to that you, Coach Chaos, man. I ain't go, you can hear I ain't him from across the field. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Being coached by Coach Spencer was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Like he was really, he was really uh, the force and like really the the foundation that I needed at that age. Like it, it was just a yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I missed him a lot, and now like. Being back around him, like when I seen him when he first got here, it was like nothing ever happened. It's like we didn't have to <laughs> like like the time that we spent apart just never happened. It was like I had seen him the day before. So you're looking for like one more year of eligibility, you're man. For one Coach extra Na- COVID year. When I met Coach Napier, he was like, "Yo, man." He was like, "I love the way that you play." He was like, "I really wish you had one more year." I'm like, "I wish I had one more year too." Yeah. <laughs> like so, yeah, I got a really good feeling about this. Well, uh, we, we we had a great feeling um, being able to visit with you today, man, um, and obviously being able to watch you at Pro Day. We wish you the best of luck. We'll be uh, rooting for you in your Bucks workout and uh, definitely following along here these next couple months, man, on your journey. Yeah, appreciate it, man. So um, we're going to head to this final break. We'll come back and wrap things up here on the Gators Online Podcast. Hi, Steve Spurrier here. You know, making a reservation at my restaurant is easier than a Saturday afternoon homecoming game against Vandy. You don't have to call or email. Just go to Spurriers.com, hit the reservation button, pick a date, number of guests, and a time. 
It's so simple, I can do it. In fact, I just did. Maybe I'll see you tonight. Looking for more reasons to celebrate? We have them here at Celebration Point. Enjoy some of the newest additions to our already celebratory lineup, like Dave & Buster's, Le Macaron, and Prime & Pearl. There's always a reason to celebrate. Join us anytime for any occasion. Celebration Point, where Gators come to celebrate. Welcome back into the Gators Online podcast, and we have switched back now to our uh, previously arranged seats and appreciate chairs. Yeah, that's right. Uh, And appreciate Antonio for coming uh, to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, joining us live in studio and uh, discussing a number of topics Mm -hmm. as he got to go out there and show what uh, he could do at Pro Day, Nick. And it was a Another pro day in the IPF. It's nice to have it there instead of the football stadium. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, as he was saying, the the sun and the rain here uh, uh, are unhospitable at times. So uh, nice to be in a climate controlled uh, IPF. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's always interesting because it's 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 very professional and and it's almost like not human. Like you, you like they're like he said, the NFL is not there to waste money. So yeah. they're there with a an agenda and a tight schedule um, and they run it. So obviously um, we're always rooting when guys leave, you know, like you're chasing a dream and, and and we've all chased dreams. I mean, we're kind of living one right now. We talk, oh, we talk sports and, uh, and write essays on the internet, get to watch sports. It's not a bad gig. So and stir up rumors about black helmets uh, coming soon. <laughs> Question mark. Who knows? Um, it, it, so, you know, guys like Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, um, Valentino, Kyrie Campbell was back trying to, yeah. uh, Continue chase the dream. Brent so, Diaguardi. Yeah, we're always rooting for for those guys and and wish them the best. Um, it's kind of out of their hands, you know. They, they've put where they what they're going to put on films already there. Um, they've got their workouts lined up and uh, just uh, hope that it works out for them. How do you feel like Kyir Elam represented South Florida at Pro Day? I mean, uh, South Florida kids are always going to represent. <laughs> you know uh, this. The brightest stage is never bright enough. Uh, the biggest stage. Feel, feels like a, a tiny little tap dancing floor to us <laughs> South Florida boys. We're ready for that. We, we want all the smoke. That's what they as say. As the kids say. Uh, he didn't even have to. He didn't have to show the smoke. He just stuck with his forty yard uh, I mean, time from the combine. He was blowing smoke in Indy. Like yeah. wait, when you run a sub four, hey, I'm gonna sit on that time. Yeah. They're like, Kyrie, why aren't you running? Like, did you see me last month? He did show off his vertical though. So that was impressive. And I think that's a smart way to do it. The the way they changed the. They changed the kind of the order of things in Indianapolis. So a lot of guys didn't do the vert, the broad, stuff like that. I think that's a smart way to do it. If you're going to have a pro day after the combine, train for the two months after your season just to run the quickest 40 time you can, the fastest 40 time you can, and then do all the other stuff at home, you know, back back at your college where you're comfortable. Um, And and I think he's going to, I mean, probably end up in the first round off of his testing numbers. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably a smart way to do it. You'll probably see more guys doing it that way. Yeah, and d- definitely expect Zach Carter to hear his name called, mm-hmm. Damian Pierce to hear his name called, and I think some other guys are, are going to get an opportunity as well. So, again, appreciate Antonio for joining us uh, on today's episode. We will be back next week. Before we get out of here, uh, thoughts on the Gators? Beating down the Seminoles once again in baseball. I always love to see that, right? Yeah. Kevin O'Sullivan kind of owns them. They've won 18 in the last 21, five straight in Jacksonville. Um, and uh yeah, it's 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 big for them to get a win after a series loss to LSU. Sure. 
And then Florida's up in Athens right now. They start uh, Thursday night on ESPN2. Uh, bright lights tonight for the baseball team. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, so you're series. saying you can't charge for your streaming service now, Nick? No, Delatory <laughs> Plus is out of business. <laughs> Delatory <laughs> Plus is out of business. Once conference play starts. Yeah, you know. yeah. We uh, we had to cut costs. But nonetheless, make sure you guys still join Gators Online. Take advantage of that promo. And you know, we mentioned the recruiting coverage and the team coverage, but just the online community that Nick has from his uh, uh, baseball threads it's a party in there every time, right? Yeah. And I'm had, not invited. No, no. Zach is that baseball. We are a superstitious bunch. Um, I had a, a wedding, so I missed two of the first three games against Liberty. Zach filled in for me. Lost uh, both games. Lost both games. So Zach has been banned by, by the Gators online baseball community uh, from any baseball games, which is uh, is tough because I got a wedding, another wedding coming up in a couple of weekends, Zach. Yeah. Although I did take my class to – the baseball game last week where Fabian hit those two homers and they came back and won three to two. So I can't go as a spectator. Okay. We, we have established that. Um, but I'm going to have to have Pat cover the, the game when I can't cover <laughs> in a couple of Saturdays. That's right. So um, we'll appreciate you guys tuning in once again. Had fun doing this. We'll be back once again next week on Thursday with another guest live from Spurrier, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. For Nick Del Torre, I'm Zach Albaverde.